0: This is a podcast by The Business Times. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the BT Mark to Market podcast. My name is Ben Paul, and I'm a senior correspondent at The Business Times. This series of podcasts, which is based on my weekly column in The Business Times, aims to provide analysis and insight on market trends and corporate issues in Singapore. It's just a few days before Singapore's national day, which means we are already more than halfway through 2021. And so far, it's been a pretty good year for investors in the local market. In the first seven months of this year alone, the Straits Times Index has delivered a total return of almost 31.2%, driven largely by the gradual recovery in economic activity. One SDI stock that particularly stood out during this period was Capital Lan. It was the third best performing SDI stock with a total return of nearly 26%, but its performance was largely fueled by a complex restructuring proposal. In fact, most of the gain in Capital Land's share price this year came in late March, right after that restructuring proposal was unveiled. The stock took another step up in July, pushing above the $4 level, right after the appointed independent financial advisor declared the proposed deal to be fair and reasonable, and notices for the EGM were sent out. Given the strong positive reaction in the market, there's little doubt that shareholders will waive the deal through when they vote on August 10. So in this podcast, I thought it would be a good idea to talk about what's happening at this blue chip real estate company. I will give you my take on the various corporate restructurings Capital Land has pursued over the years. I will look into why the market has reacted so positively to this latest restructuring initiative. And I will also talk about whether it's too late for investors to jump into Capital Land now. The one thing I've always admired about Capitaland is the group's relentless reimagination of itself. Capitaland was formed more than two decades ago through the merger of two very ordinary property groups, DBS Land and Pidemco. And one of the first things it did was to develop an asset securitization platform of property funds and REITs. The idea was to push its mature assets to its funds and REITs in order to recycle its capital and take on more development projects and boost its growth. No other local property group was doing this at the time, and certainly not in the same scale as Capital Land. In fact, it was Capital Land that listed the first REIT in the local market, a retail property REIT originally called Capital Mall Trust. That REIT, now known as Capital Land Integrated Commercial Trust, was, and still is, the largest of the locally listed REITs. Capital Land itself was regarded as an industry leader in the retail property space during those early days. In 2009, in the wake of the global financial crisis, the group actually spun out its retail property business as a separate listed company called Capital Malls Asia, or CMA. The idea was for CMA to tap the market independently to support its fast growth. However, in 2014, Capital Land took CMA private again, saying at the time that it wanted to streamline itself and pursue more integrated development projects. Since then, with the rise of e-commerce, Capital Land has been downplaying the importance of its retail property business and shifting its exposure towards more promising fields. In 2019, the group acquired Ascender Sing Bridge from Temasek for $6 billion Singapore dollars. This deal gave it exposure to logistics properties and business parks, which are benefiting from the growth of e-commerce and the knowledge economy. Now, the reason I have laid all this out is to make the point that capital land has a long history of trying to stay relevant, but these efforts have not always created value for investors. In fact, if you look at the 10-year period from the end of 2009 to the end of 2019, which excludes both the onset of the global financial crisis and the pandemic, capital land shares delivered a total return of just 16.2%. That's not an annual return, that's the total return over 10 years with dividends reinvested. Interestingly, CMT, which is now CICT, returned more than 128% over that period on the same basis. So investors would have been far better off owning Capital Land's leading REIT rather than Capital Land itself. Now, despite having little to show for all its past corporate manoeuvres, Capital Land has not lost its appetite for trying to remake itself. In March, it unveiled what is, in my view, its most interesting restructuring plan yet. In essence, Capital Land's property development business is going to be taken private by its controlling shareholder, while its real estate investment management activities and its lodging business will remain in the public market under an entity called Capital Land Investment Limited, or CLI. Under the deal, If you have 1,000 shares in Capital Land, you will receive 1,000 CLI shares plus 155 units in CICT and $951 in cash. In effect, going by the valuations Capital Land has applied to CICT and CLI in its announcements, each share of Capital Land is being valued in this exercise at just over $4.10 per share. This explains why Capital Land share price has risen so much over the last few months. Back in March, before this restructuring was unveiled, the stock was trading at about $3.30. With the deal now looking very likely to go ahead, the stock has advanced all the way to about $4.05, just below $4.10. Keep in mind though, the $4.10 valuation that investors are expecting to get for their Capital Land shares hinges on the value that CLI shares will garner in the market, which is unknown at the moment. In Capital Land's announcements, the 410 valuation was arrived at by assuming that CLI will be worth the equivalent of its net asset value, which was estimated to be just over $2.82 per share as at the end of 2020. So will CLI trade close to its NAV? And is there likely to be any further upside in capital land share price? I'm going to address those questions next. If you like what you're hearing so far, please subscribe to the BT mark to market podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Google Podcasts. Like us and give us a rating. And now back to my analysis and insights on market trends and corporate issues in Singapore. Regular readers of the mark-to-market column in the Business Times will know that I've been critical of some of Capital Land's corporate initiatives. For instance, I have in the past pointed out that Capital Land funded the purchase of Ascender Bridge two years ago, partly by issuing new shares priced at a discount to its NAV. This had a dilutive impact on Capital Land's NAV per share. The deal also left the group with higher gearing. I have also said that even though that acquisition gave Capital Land exposure to real estate assets associated with new economy businesses, Capital Land is still heavily exposed to shopping malls and offices, which are susceptible to technological disruption, such as the rise of e-commerce, and shifting work habits that have come about in the wake of the pandemic. In fact, in early March, I said in my mark-to-market column that I was more excited about city developments than Capital Land. The reason was that CDL, after booking very large write-downs in the value of its recent investments in China, was promising to look for value-unlocking opportunities within its portfolio, which at the time seemed far more interesting than Capital Land's ongoing pivot to new economy assets. As it happened, within a couple of weeks of expressing that view, Capital Land unveiled its big restructuring plan, which changed everything. As I said at the beginning of this podcast, Capital Land has been the third best performing STI component stock this year. CDL, unfortunately, has been the worst performing STI stock, with a total return of minus 12.7%. CDL is still trading at a tantalizing discount to its NAV, and there is potentially a great deal of value that can be unlocked at the group. So I've not given up on the stock yet. But as of right now, it has not launched any significant initiatives and until that happens, the stock is unlikely to perform. Capital Land, on the other hand, has jumped ahead and captured the imagination of investors. By taking its property development business private and positioning the new public-listed segment of the group as a real estate investment manager, it is potentially unlocking a great deal of value. In particular, shares in CLI could garner a much higher price-to-book valuation than the original Capital Land. In its announcements, Capital Land has highlighted that real estate investment management companies like Charterhall Group, Goodman Group, Lendlease Group, and ESR Cayman collectively trade at about 2.9 times their NAV. Even after its big run-up this year, shares in Capital Land are still trading at a 7.5% discount to its NAV, as at end March of 4.38 per share. Of course, there are risks ahead for CLI, Styling itself as a real estate investment manager is one thing, but it also needs to demonstrate its competitiveness and deliver performance. There may also be some concern initially about the working relationship between CLI and Capital Land's privatized development business, simply because they are now two separate entities. Nevertheless, I'm inclined to take a positive view on Capital Land and CLI, which will eventually replace it. The group is staffed by professionals who are very capable, very experienced and very motivated. And Capital Land's track record of constantly reimagining and remaking itself is exactly what investors returning to the Singapore market after the pandemic will be looking for. That's it for this episode of Mark to Market. You can follow my Mark to Market podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify and Google Podcasts. That was an SBH podcast by The Business Times. Find us on Spotify, Apple, or Google Podcasts, or streaming on Google Home. Do feedback to us at podcastsbh.com.sg. You can also check out more podcasts on various topics at The Straits Times, The Business Times, and Money FM 89.3. Any financial or investment information in this podcast is for use in Singapore only and is intended to be for your general information. Any particular investment or decision should only be made after consulting with a fully qualified financial advisor.